well, well. Welcome back to another gorgeous episode of Pop Apologists. Lauren, we had a good long break after Thanksgiving, you know, some solid days off, and I'm ready to be back in the saddle with you. Are you ready to be back in the saddle with me? I am rested, rejuvenated. I am so happy to be back in the saddle, you know, back on the Pop Apologist horse, Chandler, back mm-hmm. on the wagon. It's really nice to be home in my own space and recording again because truly recording from mom and dad's house was really hard because I, you know, essentially the internet doesn't work in any of the bedrooms that we're, you know, banished to. And then you have to record in a common space or then mom feels, you know, like you're really hampering on her ability if she can't talk loudly at all hours of the day. Oh, by the way, per our producer, Scott, we need to inject really quickly a little synopsis of what we're going to be discussing within the first 90 seconds of the episodes. We'll do that. And then we'll get back to mom's house. Okay. So everyone, frantically, let me tell you, so you don't turn off this episode, that we are going to be discussing Taylor Swift going straight to Kansas City after the Eras tour closed in Brazil. We're going to be chatting about our Thanksgiving, super, super compelling content to come. We're going to discuss Era's tour coming to streaming, the family of Anna Clara Benavides attending the Era's tour. We're not just talking about Taylor Swift today. We're also going to get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and a bombshell that was dropped in Endgame by Omid Scobie. So don't panic, everyone, as Chandler and I do a little chit chat about our personal lives. It'll be over quick. No, Chandler. Recording from mom's house is a total nightmare. It's a nightmare. There's nowhere good to record. The internet is tricky. You did the best you could. It's funny because my apartment is the eighth of the size of mom and dad's dwelling. And so it's just, it really makes no sense that it is 10 times harder. But, you know, I'm happy to be back in, you know, the place where my name is on the lease and Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to, you know, control the space and no one can tell me that I can't record or that, you know, they can't talk loudly. That was a, a huge thing for her. Oh, because you told her that she couldn't talk loudly? Well, yeah, I think it's just, it really cramps her style when she can't yell up the stairs at all hours of the day. In her defense, she did a good job when I, you know, really requested it. And it's like also finding a nice background. That's the other thing. Honestly, you gotta find a good background and the whole yeah. setup. It's it's a whole thing. Well, I do want to talk about you and your current background because you do look just gorgeous. Something feels different about your current setup. You're not in your normal chair. What's going on? It's it's true. I decided to change it up to see if I could get a little bit more natural light on my face from this angle. So I'm now sitting on my couch. I just want to say this is a lot more Gwyneth. It's a lot more neutrals. I'm loving the oatmeal sweater. I'm loving Thank you. the hair is giving Gwyneth. I mean, I'm enraptured, Chandler, by your beauty and by your environment today. Everyone check us out on YouTube. You can see exactly what I'm talking about. I'm a very beautiful woman. So thank you for recognizing it on this Tuesday morning. I actually, you know, speaking of me being beautiful, did you see Courtney's story? Because she posted me in my wedding dress. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, the wedding dress that she posted you in, everyone, Courtney, our sister, she posted Chandler. I guess I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> Reashing exactly what you Please. just said. Uh, recap. Re- Lauren is going to do an official recap of what I just said. <laughs> Lauren explaining. All right, everyone. So recently on Courtney <laughs> Crow's Instagram, this is just hitting page six. Chandler was pictured in a white dress. So Courtney mm-hmm. is stealing Chandler's thunder. You know, dropping Chan's first picture in her wedding dress on her stories. I know. Here's well, the thing. I just, you can't pick I, this dress anymore. You know, the wedding is in essentially 18 months, but I just figured everyone should know what my dress is going to look like, especially, (laughs) you know, when I have no makeup on and 
Uh, no, I Courtney asked my permission and I said she could post it. I mean, that spoiler alert, that's not my wedding dress. And it's actually nothing like the one that I'm leaning towards, but it is really beautiful. And I absolutely wanted to buy it for like a second look or like a rehearsal dinner look, but um, mm. it's five G's. So yeah, can't swing it. Oh my gosh. Well, I do know, I think the direction you're going for your wedding dress and I am so excited about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it last night when I sent you that TikTok because really? I found a TikTok. Yeah. I, I just think you found the perfect dress. I really, yeah. really do. Yeah. I really I do. And really I don't want to say anything else because I feel like yeah. that could betray the vibe. I'm going to leave it at that. I, I already feel like I've said too much about the dress itself. I do want to talk a little bit about wedding planning, wedding dress shopping, like, you know, the initial stages with which I have, you know, waded into and in terms of Mm. mine and Ben's nuptials. It is just, I mean, you guys, if you guys thought Lauren complained a lot about her wedding, you just buckle in because you've got like truly 18 months of me going through this process. And like, I already feel like I, I probably was not as empathetic as I should have been to you during, you know, your wedding planning process because I feel like I'm having all the same thoughts, all the same complaints. And the biggest one being just that, you know, it can just be hard because there's so many cooks in the kitchen when it mm-hmm. comes to every decision. And I think I'm a person who likes to bounce ideas off of people. I like, you know, hey, what do you think about this? You know, I definitely call you for basically every decision. But when it comes to, you know, even just dress shopping, it's just really interesting how everyone kind of has a different idea of what they would want you to wear. Uh, And and then that is like a reflection of maybe their own like fashion sense or whatever. And it's just, yeah, like shopping with mom and different like McCall and Courtney and even our niece, James, is so opinionated about dress, about the dresses. Oh, my gosh. I can't like I'm going to make this story quick. But basically, I went dress shopping with James twice. And like that girl, she basically liked nothing. (laughs) <laughs> and every every dress was a letdown for her. <laughs> and I would like they would like undo the curtain and James would be like, I like it. <laughs> she obviously doesn't have the adult thing in her of like, I need to put on a face like I need to right. whatever. Like she's just like eh, 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 every time. And it's just so funny because like the assistants were like, you know, helping you like they also had to like put up with James's feedback because she like, oh my God, they'd like open the curtain, you know, and then, you know, it's kind of like you should probably say something really nice and then give it about a couple minutes and then you can be like, well, you know, but think about this. James right. not not adhering to that. So she, you know, curtain pulls back and she's like, I like it, Coco. <laughs> and then and then she'd kind of come up to me and she'd be like, you just want people on your wedding day to be like, wow. And- Stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like look oh at her in that gosh. dress like oh my gosh i wish i was wearing that and the dress i was wearing at the time was not giving any of that but a lot of cooks in the kitchen baby yeah so funny especially because like those women that work at those stores it's a lot of work like pulling those yes. big downs getting you in it clipping mm-hmm. you in it and mm-hmm. then to just have someone completely unfiltered every time be like womp, womp. literally i like it i like the other or, or she just goes straight to i like the other one better yeah 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 i feel like i am proud of you given that you have do a lot of cooks in the kitchen a lot of people giving you advice for what you should do for your wedding and you are having the courage to go bare nipples at your during i know and a lot of people (laughs) are are telling me i shouldn't do that but i it's what i want It's, it's my day and yeah i didn't wait this long to get married i didn't wait till being you know i'm gonna be 30 the year i get married i'm gonna be turning 30 I didn't wait this long to not, you know, show full everything. 
to, yeah, to wear some garment friendly, you know, t-shirt silhouette. Absolutely not. You were so inspired by Florence Pugh and you're like, I need to have tits out at the wedding. And I just think that that is going to really set the stage for a gorgeous night. I'm in talks with Skims because, you know, they have that bra that like has the the built in nipples and like that's the the bodice is going to have that. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a non-negotiable for me. Non-negotiable. Now, here's the thing, you guys, about weddings. The problem becomes that everyone makes it about themselves. Like when you tell someone your wedding idea or the thing you want, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm not so sure I love that because is that going to be convenient for me? Or is like, oh, I'm not sure I love that dress because is that exactly what I would wear for my wedding? And I feel like sometimes people forget that it's like not their, it's not about them or their wedding. Mm Yeah. And I feel like you're getting a lot of feedback about things specifically about how convenient things will be for other people, which is just really unfortunate. I think honestly, a lesson everyone should learn is if they are talking to a future bride, you know, or groom or someone in the wedding planning process, people just know this is a blanket statement. They do not actually want your opinion. They actually don't want that at all. So don't even think that that you're doing them any type of favors by sharing your honest opinion. Just be mm-hmm. a yes man. That is That is the way to go. Honestly, it's kind of like a baby name. Like I think that when someone yes. shows you their wedding address or when someone shows you their venue or talks mm-hmm. to you about their idea, like realistically, unless you know that you are in the circle of trust and they genuinely want your critical right. feedback, like it's like a baby name. You think it's a, it's like a, it's like a tattoo they've already gotten. You exactly. love it. You, you love, love it. it. You're obsessed with it. You're, you're mm-hmm. obsessed. You couldn't imagine anything more perfect for them. End of story, mm-hmm. period, full stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of uh, reminds me of, I really like the idea of Virginia for a name for one of a, a daughter someday. And mm-hmm. I told mom, she's like, oh, absolutely not. Your grandpa cheated on your grandma with a woman named, that was your grandpa's <laughs> mistress, Virginia. <laughs> grandma found her cigarettes in the back of the car or something. Well, and I'm like, okay. I, I was thinking about the verdant, lush Appalachian landscape, but I guess we have a new, uh, there's another connotations. Yeah, there's other things that are verdant and lush with Virginia. Okay. The one thing holiday related I did want to chat with you about really quick is do you decorate right now? Do you have Christmas decorations up in your apartment? It's actually so funny that you asked me this because I am grappling with my decoration plan and whether or not I'm going to decorate. Do you want me to share what happened last night? I do. I actually, and I really want to get into this topic. Okay. I said to Ben a couple of days ago, I'm like, maybe we should just get like a skinny tree. You know, our apartment's not that big. We definitely can't do a big tree. And, you know, it would be nice to like warm up the space a little bit, make it feel festive. And then I thought about it some more and I'm like, then I need to buy ornaments. And then I was like, I honestly would rather buy a ton of other stuff for myself rather than Christmas decor. <laughs> so right. I like, you know, the next day I kind of like dropped the idea in my head. Well, then, you know, sweet Ben last night says to me, Hey, you know, do we have plans Friday night? And he's like, do you want to, you know, go out, maybe, you know, go grab some dinner and then we could go get a little tiny Christmas tree. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds really nice. But did you know, like Christmas trees drop a ton of needles? We're going to have to be like vacuuming them up like all the time. (laughs) And just like totally squashed his, like his cute idea. Like his cute moment. So now I'm just grappling with, do I need to go get this tree to like, you know, be a good like partner and be be nice. It's actually so sweet that Ben came up with that activity and wanted to do that because Kagan could give two shits about if we have Christmas decorations up. But I have this like weird girl guilt where yeah. I'm like, yep, 
okay, I'm now 33. Okay. It was when I was like 24 and never decorated because right. I would go home for right. the holidays, but now I'm like in my mid thirties and I still yeah. never decorate for a single, I mean, single holiday. I don't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to store it. I, I'm just right. not into it at all. But I have this weird guilt. And as it was specifically brought on because someone put in a Q&A. They're like, how can I make the holidays special for my me and my husband? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't think about that at all. <laughs> like, I think about what I want for Christmas, but that's it. I want you to know that I, I countered also to Ben by saying, maybe we could get a candle that smells like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I would just like cover it. No, Lauren, I I could not feel you more. And something I really lay awake and wonder. So mom is very, very good at decorating. And do you ever wonder if it just skips a generation? I just think for me. Like if we're just kind of like born to not do a very good job. And so why even try? Okay, I I definitely think that there are some people who are born decorators and born yes. they they look forward to it. They had right. a Christmas tree in their dorm room. I had a roommate. She put out Christmas china. I lived Cute. for two years. Something she was very passionate about. It's kind of like if you're super into Halloween or not. It's genetic. But I also think <laughs> that like for the, those of us who don't have that gene, it does get turned on when we have children who actually will like, I think I actually got a lot as a child by living in a festive home during the holidays. Absolutely. Absolutely. And having a mother who was super into it. Right. Like, so anyway, but I think that's when I will actually invest in all that stuff. And I think for me, back to the, the spending money on it, like, I really don't want to spend my hard-earned dollars on anything but clothes and myself. Yeah. So like, why would I buy a, some, a piece of decor for my home that I only get to enjoy for maybe three to four weeks, you know, given holiday travel? And also, I think that if I'm going to do it, I want to do it perfectly. And I know it's going to cost me a pretty penny. Why yeah. even try? I don't know. There's just something about it just being you and your partner. Like that for me, it's like, I just... Why I'm bother? Not, it's why bother? It's like, yeah. I don't even I think he would care. And I don't know that I would care I either. I, for what it's worth, last year, I, Ben's mom gave us like this, like, I don't know if you call it garland, but just like like these little things that you would wrap around a Christmas tree. I hung them from our windows. It was nice. And like, that was it. And I like this year, I think I might just like buy a Christmas tree candle or maybe we'll get a, an actual little tree. But yeah, I don't know. Ugh, anyway, these are the things women think about that men don't have to. Maybe I maybe I should revisit the Barbie movie. I love the idea of girl guilt because I think that's very real and I think that's a great thing you've just coined. Maybe that's oh, okay. already in existence, but like, yeah, it's a it's a very real thing to think, oh, I'm by default in charge of like the specialness of the home. Mm-hmm. And the traditions. A hundred percent. I'm in charge of making sure we make these memories. Right. And I just think that so often men do not feel that at all. No, specifically no. because their wife just does that. Right, and that, right. And that kind of really trickles into so many things. Like so many things women just do. Like so many invis- all the invisible work women do on top of all the, the tangible right. work the they mental, do. The mental, mental load. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Kagan coming up to you and being like, I really want to make a Christmas memory with you? Honestly, I don't even think he knows what Christmas is about. Like, I don't even think he knows it's related to Jesus and the Bible. No, absolutely not. That Nothing sounds more foreign. Anyway, okay, should we move forward? Let's move forward. Good little catch up. Okay, everyone. So there's a new documentary out called Love Has Won on HBO. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. It's very good. At least watch the first five minutes or three minutes, really. 
and then make the choice of whether you'll continue watching it. Everyone needs to watch this. I've texted multiple people about watching it. I would like to talk about it on the podcast. We might do it for this week's Patreon or maybe for next week because there's so much to get into. And it the last episode premiered last night. There's three episodes. It's really not that much of a commitment. And it will blow your mind because I had never heard of this cult before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to give anything else away, but it will blow your mind. It's a three-part docu-series. It's not that long to get through and it will blow your mind. Courtney messaged us and she was like, just watch the first three minutes. And that's how I got right. hooked. So highly, highly recommend. And then, yeah, we want to do a, a full deep dive on this cult, and but we don't want to, we want to be able to just talk about it and not have to worry about doing spoilers. So this is your warning to actually watch it in full. Watch it. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansymboleats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansymboleats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com, pop apologist 20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor, try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Okay, Chandler. So moving on, Taylor Swift, as reported by the Daily Mail, she left Brazil and went straight to her NFL beau, Travis Kelsey, after performing the Eras Tour in Sao Paulo. The pop sensation's private jet reportedly took off from Tampa, Florida Monday and landed just outside Kansas City, Missouri, where the Chiefs tight end lives. Swift 33 was unable to watch her boyfriend and the Kansas City Chiefs in action on Sunday when they beat the Las Vegas Raiders due to being on the road, but it appears the hitmaker and Kelsey 34 are reunited. Eagle-eyed Swifties track the pop star's private jet taking off Monday morning en route to Kansas City. So I just have a brief thought on this, something I want to share with you today, Chandler. I feel like this tells me so much about Taylor's relationship with Travis. I feel like she's had what can only be described as a traumatic experience in Brazil. Mm -hmm. A fan died. It was extremely physically demanding. It looked like she was physically almost about to pass out several times during the concert. It just looked 
truly hellish, that entire experience yeah. and truly yeah. traumatic and devastating. And I feel like it just said so much that she wants to go straight to Travis. It's not like she wants to go straight to Via Carota with the girls. <laughs> she doesn't need, you know, a photo op with Gigi. She wants to go straight back to Kansas City. Well, I just remember when I was dating, there were certain guys who, when I was dating them, like hanging out with them felt like the same as resting. Like after yes. a super long day, I would want right. to go be with them. Whereas there were mm -hmm. other guys where like I needed to decompress and rest and before I could work myself up to go be with them because they made me nervous or whatever it was. Yeah. It's just, we weren't fully in sync. And so the fact that she wants to go, she doesn't need any time to herself in New York. She doesn't need to decompress on her own. She wants to go straight into the arms of Travis. I just think that that really speaks to who he's becoming for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it speaks to like the nature of their relationship that I think it's very easy for them. Who knows if that means that he's end game or if, you know, they are, you know, going to like last forever. But I think that they have a very easy relationship. And yeah, I think it's exactly what you said about him feeling like rest for her mm -hmm. because, you know, and the fact that Kansas city kind of already feels like home. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, also kind of getting into this tour. So the family of Anna Clara Benavides, the young woman who tragically died at Taylor's show in Rio de Janeiro, was spotted in attendance at Taylor's final show in Sao Paulo. In a video posted to X on Sunday, the family of the college student gathered in a tented VIP area at the stadium wearing T-shirts with the 23-year-old's face printed on the front. Okay, very curious for your reaction to this when you first saw it. I think that my reaction was a little bit surprised, actually quite a bit surprised, given that, you know, this person tragically passed away, you know, a week ago. And we were actually talking about it in our group chat. And I think Courtney was one who said, you know, grief looks different for everybody. And I don't want to judge anyone's grieving style or, or you know, I don't want to like pass judgment on that. But yeah, I was surprised. That being said, I could absolutely see it being like, this was her obsession. You know, she loved Taylor Swift and this is what she would have wanted us to do. Mm -hmm. You can see there being on some level, perhaps something cathartic about, right. you know, finishing the journey that Anna was trying to make mm -hmm. something, you know, right. about honoring her in that way. I think that on some level, it's like in the wake of this devastation, it might just also be a thing to do, like something to do that feels tangible and right. a way to honor Anna. But right. I was with you at the beginning when I first saw it. You don't think that after something that tragic happened, you would want to then be like partying at a concert with Taylor singing Enchanted. It's just is like the it's such a tone shift from what you would assume they'd be experiencing. Yeah. And I think that it's just uh, it sounds really like triggering. It, might, it mm -hmm. could be really triggering for people. Yes, yes. But I think it does say so much about Taylor. The fact that, you know, she saw them before the show. They did a photo. Right. And I think that it really goes to show that this was not something that her team and she was going to leave unaddressed. That they probably immediately went to work to figure out how you know, what they can do and right. how they could in any way help the family. You know, I'm impressed by that. One thing that I think is interesting, and this is something that basically we have some inside tea on Taylor. And this inside tea is that Taylor does not speak at all before her concert. So when she's getting ready, 
She does not use her voice. If she needs something, she writes it down or sends a text and uses her phone to someone on her team. She does not mm-hmm. talk at all because she's trying so hard to save her voice for the three and a half mm-hmm. hour concert. And so I think that, and we kind of talked about this in our chat, like it does say so much that she did this right. meet and greet before the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it would set the tone for that family's experience at the show, you know, like meeting her, getting to maybe, you know, exchange some words, grieve together mm-hmm. about this experience. Like, I think there's something about it happening before the show rather than after. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, I just, I thought that that, that was ultimately special. Although at first I was kind of yeah. like taken aback by it on the Taylor Swift beat Chandler. The other piece of news is that the Eras tour is coming to streaming. So in typical mastermind fashion, Taylor Swift is celebrating her birthday with a gift for her fans. The pop sensation announced on Monday that Taylor Swift, the Eras tour concert film will be available to rent on video on demand starting December 13th. And just as fans hoped, it will include three of the songs cut from the original theatrical release. So this is what Taylor captioned her post. She said, well, so basically I have a birthday coming up and I was thinking a fun way to celebrate this year we've had together would be to make the Eras Tour concert film available for you to watch at home. Very happy to be able to tell you that the extended version of the film includes Wildest Dreams, The Archer, and Long Live, and will be available to rent on demand in the US, Canada, and additional countries to be announced soon, starting on, you guessed it, December 13th, her birthday. Mm. Okay. Thoughts okay. on on this, Chandler? I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Okay. Fair. Not because I... Because you hate Taylor. negative. No, I just, I, I think I've like, you've seen it. <laughs> I think I've seen it. I've seen it and I love it and I'm so here for it, but I just don't know if I need to sit through three hours. Will I be making Ben watch it solo? <laughs> yes. The other thing I wanted to chat about is, so Cardigan is not included on the set list. Thank goodness. A, a conspiracy theory about that is that she is going to basically release the extended version with cardigan exclusively to target on blu-ray or something like that like it's another cash grab to keep something off the full movie also don't you think it's interesting that it's only available to rent yeah that you can't buy it for good yeah that is interesting i don't know if it's a rights thing yeah i don't i think it's a i think it's probably going to be available for streaming potentially for a limited amount of time or right. it makes it more valuable to sell eventually to some sort of streamer to have exclusively right. if people well, couldn't have bought it because you know the majority of her fans would click for sure to buy it when it comes out on blu-ray that's going to be crazy <laughs> people are going to be lining up to get a blu-ray player well i mean yeah, i was already scouring ebay in like, preparation for whatever is released on blu-ray that's exclusive about this taylor swift Eras tour I mean, I wonder if there's going to be some play with Blu-ray, red, like <laughs> who knows what she's going to do. Okay. Should we get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Chandler? Let's begin with Beverly Hills. Uh, I think in one of the opening scenes, Erica's mom is coming to stay with her. You know, Erica talks about how her and her mom have had a strained relationship and how her mom, you know, was basically her peer when she was growing up. I think, you know, her mom and her are like eight, 17 years apart or 18. You know, something 18 years apart. So, you know, they're close in age. And I think that like led to Erica's like having a pretty crazy childhood. Like Mm -hmm. she said, her mom would take her clubbing and she would be able to drink when she was super young. I actually didn't know that about Erica. And I think that, I don't know. I just think that explains parts of her. I feel like it gives me so much more empathy for Erica. And it makes me realize 
you know, a lot of the reasons why she made the decisions she made, I feel like so much of just like being a well-adjusted adult is Mm -hmm. having that modeled for you. And if you're out clubbing with your mom at 14, okay, and your mom probably had you really young and, you know, whatever, has made certain choices, it's going to be really hard to to not make similar decisions. And so I felt like I can be quite judgmental of Erica. And Mm -hmm. I it was important for me to see that scene, I think, because it just made me feel like, okay, like I get why you know, I look at it through such like a, a privileged lens, right? Like the way we grew up was just right. so organized and like we had two parents at home and they really loved us and mm-hmm. and we had such stability. Like we never were ever right. in a position where we would ever have to do anything that would reduce our dignity for a living or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. I think, right. I don't know, this scene was like very important for me to see because I was like, wow, okay, I get and I should have a lot more empathy for Erica and be a lot less judgmental. I completely agree. I think you you stated what I think I I don't know. I felt nervous to like to say that for some reason because I do think yeah, I think I judge Erica pretty harshly. But yeah, it absolutely gave me more empathy. And we see this as well in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with Monica and her mom. You know, Monica I think struggles a lot because of her really broken relationship with her mom that's been broken for a very long time because her mom wasn't necessarily a stable person in her life. And it just, it really can upend a person. And I think given everything, you know, Erica, Erica like seems to be okay. I think that Monica, I had the same moment where I was like, wow. So basically she never even knew her dad. Okay. She never Mm -hmm. even knew what he looked like. Her mom is clearly extremely off, whether she's completely emotionally abusive, Mm -hmm. whether she has a personality disorder, I'm not fit to diagnose, but I think it's pretty clear she was raised by an emotionally unstable woman who was very selfish. Right. And so again, it's like, I can be so judgmental. I'm like, why is Monica so whiny? Why is she so emotionally unstable? It's like, well, bitch, look at how hard her life is. And like another Mm -hmm. person who got pregnant really young. And I feel like when it comes to women who get pregnant really young, we should have such a bigger conversation in our culture about celebrating their decision to keep their child if that's the decision they want to make and have like take the harder road. You know what I mean? Like there's something mm-hmm. so impressive right. about Monica, like and Erica's mom just taking the harder road. And I just, I don't know. I feel like I had a lot more empathy for her after that as well. Also, on the subject of more empathy for Erica. She mentions, you know, that she doesn't really have a lot of space. And I don't think I realized how small her little casita bungalow was because she said that she really only had like a futon or her mom could sleep in her bed, which means that it's like a one bedroom situation, which was frankly shocking to me. I mean, because I did not realize that she was living in that small of a place. I live in a one bedroom, so I'm not I'm not passing judgment on one bedrooms. I just think like going from the Pasadena mansion, mansion to yeah. this, like, wow, it's that is that's a really different life. And even her saying, you know, I can only afford the person who cleans once a week. Once a week. I, this yeah, is it's, all, like, it's all a very privileged I can't conversation. She lives in a $2 million house in LA and I only just, has a cleaning lady once a week. We didn't know she had such a hard life, <laughs> everyone. No I'm serious though. Like, I don't even, I do not have a person who cleans my house at all. But I will say that like seeing that for Erica, my heart broke a little bit. I'm like, wow, she really is in a, in a 
very, very different scenario. I mean, the thing that for me with Erica was when she was at dinner and she was like, I don't know if I'll ever own a home. I don't know what my future looks like financially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what a terrifying position wow. to be in and to share that is so vulnerable. So yeah, I think that when it comes to her house, to be honest, I think her house is super cute. I think that for LA, it's it is kind cute. of like a dream. Yeah. And as a single woman, for right. me, that's like all I would need personally. Right. You might have higher yeah. needs than me, Chandler. Mm-hmm. You might need a mansion. Mm-hmm. You might need says the per- <laughs> daily maid service. Says the person recording from her office slash studio. Let's move on, though, to another part of Beverly Hills. Okay. This is my one question. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why are we hearing so much about Crystal's brother and his fiance, who's never been on the show? I swear, mm-hmm. a central storyline right now is Crystal's brother's fiance and him breaking up. It's something that happened COVID. four years ago, it's like, three years ago. It's literally it's, it's giving sister wives with the COVID talk. It is completely irrelevant. This entire storyline. This I, the brother has been on the show maybe once or twice. He's had little appearances, and we. I swear, it's like every third scene we have Crystal and Rob in the kitchen discussing discussing the breakdown of that engagement I'm and sorry. what they're gonna do the brother is the most interesting person in that family i just feel like and he's not even on the show do the producers of beverly hills not see that crystal perfectly fine woman i just don't think that she brings enough to this show her life is just too stable and normal literally too stable and normal so funny Um, okay yeah let's get to the tension between sutton and kyle what did you think about all the fighting on this episode or the simmering tension that kind of erupted at the end of it between the two of them i think that sutton doesn't seem like she's Kyle's true friend. And it's interesting to me because they seem to like have this history of being super close, true friends. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah. I think they have a relationship of convenience, you know, friends on the show, but I think that it's very clear that Kathy is much more Sutton speed. You know, they probably can Mm, discuss similar things in terms of like which type of private jet they don't want to buy because it doesn't have, you know, a specific type of like foam seating or whatever. They have a lot more in common. (laughs) Okay. They're at a similar elf echelon. Elf echelon. Wealth echelon. (laughs) Elf elf echelon. They're at a similar elf echelon, Chandler. I'm sorry. What? Quickly, quick derailment about Kathy. When you just mentioned them talking about, you know, what seat cushions or whatever they want on their private jet, all I could think about was how Kathy's one room with like the TV trays and how she's a super rich person, but like literally is is just so old. Like the TV trays and like, like I don't, I don't mean to sound rude, but it's just rude. like she was giving like she can't help the fact that she's lived that she hasn't died, Chandler. Sorry. It's not, I'm sorry. It actually has nothing to do with her age. It's just about the, like the fact that she's incredibly rich and she uses TV trays. See, I think that something stunning about that because I think, I think stunning. Yes. So you're going to call the TV trays stunning. I, Roll the tape. Everyone go watch that scene where they're eating off TV trays in a very dark room. I just honestly have very fond memories of being a grandchild and eating off a TV tray with my grandma. Okay. And I think that that's actually a really yeah experience. And there's something about it is delightful if you're middle class. Oh my gosh, it's delightful if you're middle class. You're such a snob. I'm sorry, she's Kathy Hilton. She's Kathy Hilton. Like that's the that's the beauty of it, right? I I mean, I know she doesn't care. She doesn't need to impress you. Okay, you can't bring the grandma trump card in here. I I'm not saying that I'm. Did you love her grandmother? I'm not. (laughs) All I'm saying is that the yeah. If we if you want to picture a stunning way to you know age into you know the 
older years of your life. I'm picturing in a garden. No. Okay? Like that is what I'm picturing in terms of a stunning like dining experience, not TV trees. I agree. And I think that there's a level of refinement you enjoy in your everyday life that Kathy Hilton could only aspire to, Chandler. Okay. She could only dream of my one bedroom. I mean, I'm currently staring at two different racks of clothes drying. Um, <laughs> yeah. She could only dream of this. She could only dream. No room for TV trays here. Of the level of refinement Chandler enjoys every I'm day. I'm like such a brat. Due to her like, let me, let me, yeah, let me elegant, just... decorous daily let habits. Let me roll the tape. I'll also tell you that uh, we got our rent stub back and uh, apparently they didn't think we paid last month. So, you know, it's, it's very, things are very real. Did you here. pay? Are you behind on rent? Generally? Yeah, we did pay. Oh, that's good. We're not behind on road We're, we did pay, but you know, currently, yeah, the building doesn't think we might, I might get evicted. Who knows? Okay. Well, one quick little tidbit when it comes to Sutton questioning Kyle so much and being like Sutton basically really wants Kyle to discuss her marital problems on the show. Mm -hmm. It's such a mm -hmm. different energy than Dorit in the car being like, is everything okay? Like, are yeah. you okay? One energy is concerned, genuinely concerned for their friend. The other energy is like, bitch, this is a reality show. Air your dirty laundry. Give us Share something it. to talk about. Right. And I think that, that that was abundantly clear to me, at least. I mean, I thought it was so odd how she commented on like Kyle not wearing her rings. Like that to me is just like, it's not so, like if I was close friends with somebody, I would not comment on whether or not they were wearing their rings. Like I would ask them in a one-on-one -on -one scenario, you know, are things okay? Yeah. If I really felt like that, you know, if I was trying to read into more context clues, but, but yeah. Again, it's kind of like, honestly, Chandler, it's like if you decided that you didn't want to talk about Taylor Swift or celebrities. Like you were just like, because of my personal whatever, I don't want to talk about celebrities on our podcast. Right. It's like, this is what this show's about. Okay. Right. It's about our personal lives. You have the juiciest thing going on. We have to work. So are you going right. to spill or are you going to make us force it out of you? Mm -hmm. That is what I'm getting from Sutton. I thought it was also funny when she was like, you know, I'm real, I'm worried about her. She's working out for three <laughs> hours. She's not drinking anymore. Well, like, I'm worried about her. What's going on? Okay, funny. Cause three hours is a lot to work out. That's a that lot. Is, it's excessive. That's excessive. I don't know. No, also was that real? Like I'm, I can't imagine that she worked out for three well, hours. Well, here's maybe. what I want to say. I listened to an interview with Morgan Wade on yeah. like the daily stoic podcast just a clip but she talks about how sure. she wakes up at five or six in the morning every day and she goes to the gym for two hours then she comes home she does x y or z goes to a coffee shop whatever and then she does an hour power walk so she works out for three hours every day and it's like a big part of her life and so I just think it's interesting that Kyle's like suddenly working out for her is like everything right. she has to do it, even on this trip, even on the trip to Vegas. So yeah, I I think that Morgan Wade is clearly having a major influence on Kyle Richards. And I think the working out is very much Morgan's yeah. influence. I mean, I guess if you're gonna go work out for three hours, you definitely don't want to be hungover. Yeah, definitely not. Okay. Should we move on to Salt Lake City? Should we get into Salt Lake? Oh, oh my gosh. Jeans. Perfect. We're on the same page. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. 
Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I enjoyed this episode. Salt Lake is really good this season. There are like plenty of things I want to like dig into. I actually am like enjoying Salt Lake more than Beverly Hills. So I'm excited to chat about, you know, some of the moments. Yeah, I feel like this episode in particular was really good. I wanted to get your thoughts on Whitney discussing with Angie at their little like lunch that they had. Angie and Whitney got lunch and they basically talked about how they feel very disconnected from their husbands. And it was actually quite wild because Whitney was like, yeah, like on our anniversary trip, I said to him, mm-hmm. do you want to do this anymore? And right, that's a right. pretty intense thing to reveal on television. So curious for what you thought about that. I thought it just made me really sad because I like Whitney and Justin together. I think they're a good match. I think they like have similar energies. Like say what you want to say about how they got together or even you know who she is on the show. But I, I like their relationship. And so it made me sad. And I think that hearing them talk then on, you know, hanging by a thread world's number one podcast (laughs) i found the story that she told because like i guess let me back up i feel like this whole season has been her trying to make the storyline that like she's you know got her two business three businesses or whatever so you know she's having to you know she can't do as much around the house and justin needs to pick up the slack and you know he's got to do share the work and i think she's sort of painted him to look like he is kind of like more asleep at the wheel in terms of like Mm -hmm. you know household stuff and I I was really touched when she shared how Justin has really stepped in when members of her family have had stuff go wrong in their life, mm-hmm. you know, like her dad. She didn't say, you know, he gave them money, but I think that's what we can infer when she says, you know, he supported my dad. Or I think she does say he helped put my dad in rehab. Yeah. She said, you know, she supported my mom and I think another one of her siblings. And that to me just really made me like and love their relationship even more and feel happy that clearly they, you know, they didn't get a divorce, that they've been through so much. Mm-hmm. And I do think where they're entering a new chapter where they have to be more 50-50, like, I think they're really good for each other. And I think he's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we went on Angie's 40th birthday to Cabo. And so we went on a trip with them. And it was funny, like at dinner during that trip, I think Courtney was like, you guys have such soulmate energy. Like they really seem yeah. so connected. And we love Justin. Justin is so charismatic and just such a a fun guy. And we adore Winnie. Yeah. And so yeah, it was absolutely sad to see that they're going through it. I mean, obviously, from what they talked about on the show or on that podcast with Meredith um, and Seth, 
you know, Whitney has been there for Justin too. And so I hope they make right. it through it. I thought it was a vulnerable thing to reveal because people are so critical of other people and mm-hmm. anyone in the public eye, you know, there's even on a very small level, there are people out there that will spin anything they do so negatively. And so I don't know. I just thought that that was impressive that she discussed that because I, I think it's probably something a lot of couples go through who are in long relationships or long, long monogamous yeah. relationships. Absolutely. And not to talk about this point too much, but I just think that, you know, she said, she was like, I should be on my seventh husband by now with all the stuff that I've put Justin through. And, you know, obviously I just, I just think that like they, have really supported each other through like really hard times. And I think when stuff with your family happens and your partner supports you or even goes as far as to like help financially support someone in your immediate family, like that's heavy. It's so important. It's heavy. And it makes, you know, you feel like, wow, we really are a team and my family is your family. And I just, I can't think of anything more rock solid than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you think about the pioneer moment, the fight between Lisa and Monica. I mean, one thing I will say, just loving Heather and Lisa getting along. It's This is a fun friendship to witness. I think they are both super witty people. And it is really fun to see the two of them enjoying each other's company. So that gives me genuine joy. I know. Yeah. It like makes me have like warm, fuzzy feelings in my heart when I see them like joke or even when like uh, when Lisa defended Heather, you know, Mm -hmm. to Monica and, you know, she was like, Heather put on this really nice brunch. Anyway, I feel like even we did express a lot of empathy for Monica earlier on. So I don't want to totally negate that. But I, I do think that it is becoming a little tiresome how much Monica Monica goes from zero to a hundred. Like I absolutely mm-hmm. believed that when Heather played the game of who from this table would who you is, kick yeah. off the wagon and leave for dead on the right. pioneer trail? First of all, it's a terrible game to play. Um, it's just like the game on Real Housewives of New York where it was like, let's all go around and discuss our big issue with each other. <laughs> Not a fun game. Super fun game. Lisa went for the jugular when she was like, I want to leave behind. How I support women. Yeah. And I want to leave behind the woman who would like to kill and eviscerate all women. You, Monica. I just love how it also started off with like, I love supporting women. (laughs) And so I I think Heather did a very good job of calling out Monica for, you know, having this tidal wave of emotion that sort of came out of nowhere. When her, her and Lisa were doing that like bickering thing back and forth. And then all of a sudden, like her emotions just like reached fever pitch. And like Lisa was fine. Lisa wasn't saying I'm triggered or whatever. I feel like I understood why she got upset at the beginning, but then it just kept escalating to this degree that just got so intense. And I feel like that's kind of where I might find Monica to be hard to watch when she just goes to this emotional blackout place, it seems like, or she just sees red and she can't come back from it at all, or it's very hard for for her to. And so I think that 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 can just be the moment where I get a little fatigued with her newfound really placed at the forefront of the show. I mean, yeah, she's first chair next to Andy. Like Heather's on one side and then Monica's on the other, which is very interesting. With the amount of screen time they're getting, it definitely feels that way. I think that her energy and that her entire behavior for that last, you know, portion of the show was very teenager. Yeah. Like, 
I can't, I'm not going to be able to recover from this tantrum. Mm -hmm. And when you try to get me to like, you know, put a smile on and just kind of like let it roll off, I'm not going to, you know, and Heather's like, Monica, help me share where this trip, where we're going, you know, all that stuff. She couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. She had to like still be pouty and it just giving like 17 year old girl. Really, actually, the saddest moment for me in this entire episode was not, you know, thinking about Monica's, you know, baby daddy or first husband and that really sad moment with her daughter. That wasn't it for me. While that was sad, the saddest moment for me was when Angie criticized her husband for liking country music and how when she met him, he didn't even like country music. And now (laughs) she can't handle that. She gets into his car and that's what's playing. And I just I've I've never felt so personally attacked in my life. And I think that if you are with someone who doesn't allow you to listen to country music and let your hair down, break up with no, them. No, people who Get don't like country are soulless. They are robots. Soulless. They literally don't have blood in their skin they are just completely cyborgs lizard people. lizard people i don't get it at all i also here's the other thing i will say i do think it's like a quality of a good positive supportive partner yes. is not belittling things your partner likes and oh right i thought you're gonna say like a positive like, like it's a quality of like a good supportive loving man is that he likes oh. country music i mean that too like, so ready to agree but yeah no i i agree it's like don't don't make them feel stupid for something that they love, especially for something like to so me whole- as innocent as country music. Literally, yeah, whole, like exactly. If your husband listens Wholesome. to country music, he's probably he wants to go to church on Sunday. He probably wants to think about his wife and how much he loves his like family. His family, he's probably family oriented. His children. He wants to remember when he is a most likely a family God oriented man. And as a <laughs> as an atheist woman, for some reason, I just fucking love that. <laughs> So, uh, no, should I mean, would you rather would you rather your your man be listening to, you know, a a a really gory, you know, well, let me just say explicit song? Would I rather that they like Please? Kagan don't listen to lyrics and listen to Tropical House? That's his favorite type of music. You know? <laughs> or would I rather it's like remember when and it was the sounds of little feet, okay? And they're sonically dreaming of you know their talk i'm gonna cry no i think that angie should be should be so lucky okay and i think he's he honestly seems great he does seem like a great guy yeah he seems like a great guy we're team sean we're team country music and absolutely everyone should do some soul searching to figure out why they hate country music absolutely okay guys big announcement you can now subscribe to the show and get our bonus episodes on apple podcasts so we just want to share that if you have always wanted to listen to our bonus episodes it's been a dying wish of yours but it's not enough to make you download the patreon app now you can do it directly on apple you can do it so congratulations for people who are on patreon staying on patreon helps us because apple takes such a huge percentage so we appreciate the people who are staying on patreon a lot but if you want to subscribe on Apple, you now can. It goes to support the show. So thank you so much. We're going to be back on Friday, Chandler, with a Patreon episode getting into all of the bombshells released. Okay. That Omit Scobie released in Endgame about the royal family. Mm-hmm. So we're taking a break from Britney. We're going to be discussing this new book on the royal family, everything you revealed. We're going to be doing that, maybe chatting a little bit of the crown. So it's going to be more of oh, a yes. Royals up, which will be fun coming on friday 
to Apple Podcasts for subscribers and to Patreon. Um, and if you love the show, consider leaving us a review. It really means so much. They make our day when a new one pops up, truly. And yeah, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Love you. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.